Hello, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Wesley Memorial Church podcast. This is Clark Chilton, one of our associate pastors here at the church. We're in a sermon series called Advent Preparing for Christmas. Advent is that time of year where we know it's not quite yet Christmas, and that's okay. A time of preparation, a time of waiting, a time of seeking God and drawing near to God as we take this journey together toward the manger on Christmas Eve. Christmas is a wonderful time of year. It's also a stressful time. It's a time uh, when we remember those in our past or we miss loved ones. It can be a, a time of difficulty as well, and we acknowledge that. We want you to know that we're praying for you. If you want to join us for a worship service any Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, or 11 a.m., we would love to see you. To learn more, visit wesleymemorial.org. And now here's this week's message on Advent, preparing for Christmas. It is a pleasure to share with you this morning from the Word of God. Our text for this, the third Sunday of Advent, comes from Zephaniah in the Old Testament, chapter 3, and I'll begin reading at verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment he has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord, your God, is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. This is the Word of God. Thanks be to God. I cannot imagine a world without music. I know that music is one of God's great gifts to the human race. I like to be surrounded by music with every opportunity. If I'm in my study uh, preparing for sermons or teaching scripture, I'm surrounded by music. Sometimes that music is Gregorian chant, sometimes it's a Bach oratorio, sometimes it's Southern gospel, sometimes it's soul. Whatever the music is, I'm grateful for it, I can be inspired by it, and I like to have a life filled with it. I truly believe that music is one of God's great gifts to us. I believe that all creation is filled with music. I believe that only the heavens can hear the music that creation is sending back to the heavens today, but I do believe that creation is filled with song. I think this is what the psalmist was getting at in Psalm 19 when the psalmist said, the heavens declare the glory of God. And in Psalm 98, when the psalmist says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth, now, you may think all the earth just means all the people, but I believe that creation itself worships God with great song and praise. In The Magician's Nephew, one of the Chronicles of Narnia, written by C.S. Lewis, Aslan, of course, is the Christ figure. And in that particular chronicle of the Chronicles of Narnia, The Magician's Nephew, there's a beautiful, beautiful picture of Aslan the lion singing creation into existence. 
I think creation is filled with praise to God. That's why Jesus could say as he was making his triumphal entrance into Jerusalem, if you don't praise me, these stones will cry out. I'm so grateful for music, and I think we're in a cosmos that's filled with music, and I'm so grateful that the Bible teaches us that the Jewish and the Christian faith is a faith built on the gift of music in so many ways. We use that gift of music in so many ways. I've not counted personally, but I have read that when you go to the scriptures, there are over 1,150 verses about music. And I'm so grateful for that, and that tells me that music is so important in the worship of God. Music is so important in the nurturing of our souls. But even though there are well over 1,100 verses in the Bible about music, my favorite verse about music occurs in this text that I read just a few moments ago from the prophecy of Zephaniah. And it's Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, where the people of God are being told that there will come a day when the Lord your God is with you, He is mighty to save, He will take great delight in you, He will quiet you with His love, He will rejoice over you with singing. He will rejoice over you with singing. It is God in this text who is doing the singing. We don't spend a lot of time with Zephaniah. We really don't spend a lot of time dealing with the minor prophets of the Hebrew Bible. Sometime during the season, sometimes during the season of Advent, we will spend a little more time with the prophecies of the Old Testament, particularly how those prophecies of the Old Testament point us toward the first Advent and the second Advent of Jesus Christ into human history. We don't spend a lot of time with any of the minor prophets. Sometimes their prophecies are hard for us to hear because all the prophecies that we find in the Hebrew Bible to some extent are prophesying disaster to the people if the people do not live faithfully in covenant with their covenant God. Zephaniah, according to tradition, was the last prophet to preach before the fall of the city of Jerusalem. So Zephaniah was prophesying in a very dark, dark, hard, harsh time when so much of their culture, so much of their civilization was rapidly falling into ruins. It was a time of moral disaster and economic disaster, and it eventually would lead to being destroyed by another nation, the Babylonians, who will come and destroy destroy the temple of Solomon and take people off into captivity. Zephaniah was the last one to prophesy right before those events. That's why when you look at the book of Zephaniah, and it's a short book, only four chapters, we find in this short book eight, eight oracles or songs. And of these eight oracles or songs, at least seven of them, really seven of them, the best we can do, seven of them are prophesying judgment on the people of God. That's three-fourths of this book is a book that speaks judgment. That's why we hear words like we find 
For instance, in chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, Zephaniah is saying, The great day of the Lord is near, near and coming quickly. Listen, the cry of the day of the Lord will be bitter. The shouting of the warrior there. That day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of trouble and ruin, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of trumpet and battle cry, and the list goes on. These prophets, like Zephaniah, were, were proclaiming to the people that if they did not repent, if they did not turn back to God, that their living, their way of living, would end in disaster. I really have to take these minor prophets, particularly in writings such as this, in very small doses. It's hard sometimes to deal with these minor prophets as they speak judgment to people who will choose sinful ways over living in fellowship with their covenant God. But we need to spend some time hearing this language from the prophets. If we're going to have a balanced view of God, if we're going to have the biblical view of God, God is a God of great, great grace and great, great love, but God also hates sin because of what it does to the human family. We look at these prophecies from the Old Testament that are declaring that judgment is coming, and we are reminded that as human beings, by virtue of our nature, our greatest need is the need for salvation, the need to be delivered from who we are and what we seek to do in human history. Timothy Keller is one of my favorite contemporary authors. He has blessed the body of Christ in so many ways with his writings. He founded a church off of Times Square in New York City, and he led that great church. He's written many, many books that have blessed the body of Christ. Timothy Keller, by the way, is suffering with advanced cancer. I invite you to pray for Timothy Keller. He has blessed so many of us. One of the things that Timothy Keller said one time that continues to resonate with me is this. He said, today's culture believes the thing we need salvation from is the idea that we need salvation. The irony is that we can't get away from needing salvation. So often in our culture, people just want to be affirmed. Regardless of the way they live, they want to be affirmed. They want their actions affirmed. If that's what you want the Bible to do, you're going to have a really difficult time spending time with the minor prophets, such as Zephaniah. Zephaniah was clear to the people that if they did not change their ways and live godly lives, disaster would come. But what is amazing to me in all these minor prophets is that as you're reading through the minor prophets, usually beginning early in their prophecies, you begin to hear faint strains of hope. Early in their prophecies, you will see some glimpses of hope just popping up here and there. For instance, in Zephaniah chapter 2, in the midst of all the words about judgment, comes these words, seek righteousness, seek humility, perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. You begin to see these little glimmers of hope 
in the midst of the prophecy of Zephaniah. But then when we get to chapter 3 of Zephaniah's prophecy, those faint strains of hope that appear just rarely throughout the book becomes a crescendo of great hope. And that's what brings us to the text for the morning. All of a sudden, after all the darkness concerning the coming of the day of the Lord that Zephaniah speaks to us, we get to these words. I read them a few moments ago. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. We get to these words from Zephaniah where we're commanded to sing, to shout, to rejoice. And then that text goes on to say, The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned, turned back your enemy. And we know that our Lord delights to come among us, to come to us as our saving, redeeming, holy one of Israel. And then Zephaniah goes on to say, The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Even in the darkness, the Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, Zephaniah says, they will say to the city of Jerusalem, do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. There's one of those numerous places where in the Bible we hear the words, do not fear. Do not let your hands hang limp. And I think the picture there is someone's, someone whose hands are hanging limp because they have just given up. And the prophet Zephaniah is saying, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't give up. But instead, sing, shout, rejoice. Know that our great God is with us. Know that our great God will intervene into human history and save us. Save us as individuals and eventually save us as a creation. And then we get to one of my favorite verses in the Bible, verse 17 of chapter 3. The Lord your God is with you. My friends, never forget that. He is mighty to save. Regardless of what you're going through today, remember that. He will take great delight in you. Even when you cannot take great delight in yourself, know that your Creator takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. You could translate that, he will calm you with his love. You see this mothering love from God, like, like a mother or a father would quiet a crying child with the love of the parent. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Here we see a picture of God singing. Here we see a picture of God joining in to the song of creation. Here we see a picture of God joining in with the singing of the heavens. And it says here in this text that he is singing because he is rejoicing over you. I hope that you know where God is taking you. I hope that you know where, where you're going because God is with you. God is a God that delights to restore us in so many ways. 
to restore us here and now in this life. After desperate seasons, we can enter in the season of restoration, but then ultimately He will restore us for eternity. Ultimately, He will restore all creation. My friends, I hope you know where you're going. I hope that you know the direction of your life. I've now been in this pulpit for over four years, so I guess it's okay if I tell you something I told you well over four years ago. Over four years ago, I, I shared with you that one of my pet peeves are people who, for whatever reason, just refuse to use their turn signals when they're driving. That is a great frustration for me. I, I'm trying to deal with it. I'm trying to relax while I'm driving and not get so irritated by the people who just cannot seem to ever use their turn signal. It really bothers me when their lack of using their turn signal costs me some time. You know, I may pull out if I know that you're going to turn right before you get to me onto another road. But some people just never use their turn signals. I don't know what it is about some people who refuse to use their turn signal. Maybe they just don't care to let the rest of us know what they're doing. Or maybe they don't know where they're going. I hope, my friends, you know where you're going. I hope that you know what, what is at the end of the journey. I hope that you know that God is at work in your life restoring you. And God is at work in human history to restore all of creation. Some of you are listening to me today because God knew you needed to hear this. Some of you are listening to the prophecy of Zephaniah today because God knew you needed to hear this. Life has been so difficult for you. You come to this morning tired and battered and beaten. Perhaps you got some hard, even devastating news this past week. Perhaps you're facing something very, very difficult in the week to come. I know that God wanted you to hear this from the prophet Zephaniah. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Some of you listening desperately need to hear that and receive that today as God's honest truth to you. Life can become so tough and so difficult. And I know that the, the holiday season can be a very difficult season for a lot of people because of some of the losses they've had to endure in life. But I want you to hear this great good news from God today. The Lord your God is with you. On John Wesley's deathbed, some of his last words were, best of all, God is with us. Know that God is with you. He is mighty to save. He can save you from whatever the enemy is bringing into your life. He can save you from whatever the devastation of these days may bring to you. He will take great delight in you. I hope you can feel the affection of our fatherly God for you this morning. He will quiet you with 
His love. Some of you have spirits that are agitated. Some of you have spirits that are running in so many directions. Let God's love quiet you, calm you, focus you right now. And know that this God, our God, is singing. He's singing because He is rejoicing over you. I love the songs of this season because they bring us so much hope. He shall feed His flock like a shepherd, one of the songs say, and He shall gather the lambs with His arm and carry them in His bosom and gently lead. May your life be filled with this hope and this joy and this security. Amen.